It's One American Podcast Live with Mr. Roger Stone, the man himself. How are you? Chase, delighted to be here with you. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you. So um, I wanted to ask you, um, we've got crazy censorship happening right now, constant uh, corporate media lies. We've got January 6th prisoners still locked up without trial. How the hell are we going to save this country? <laughs> well, it's, it's an excellent question. Um, first and foremost, communications is key. Uh, I, this is why I like Truth Social, but I also have a hard time understanding why no one thought through uh, the scalability, the 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 clamor, the 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 incredibly intense market of people desperate for a place where they can speak to each other and everyone else. So uh, I have friends who are you know one million eight hundred and twenty nine thousand. 431st in line to get onboarded. Uh, they're very excited because they see their friends on board. I have found the platform to be uh, very robust, a lot of fun. I went from having no followers to having, I don't know, 15,000 followers almost overnight. Now, everything's relative. When I was banned for life on Instagram, I had 980,000 followers. When I was banned for life on Facebook, I had 3.5 million combined followers. When I was banned on Instagram, I had about 85,000. No one is as hated as the truth teller, as Plato said. Uh, and I'm still not sure what got my ban got me banned. I either hurt Jake Tapper's feelings, or perhaps I said that Anna Navarro was a diva piece of crap. Uh, but it was something First Amendment protected, I, I assure you. Uh, the January 6th situation referred to is a disgrace, where we are denying American citizens due process. Uh, we're denying them adequate legal access to, radical, to adequate legal protection. We have a Department of Home Security that says that if you question the results of the election, <clears throat> or if you question the efficiency and effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccinations, you're a criminal who's probably a domestic terrorist. Um, I, even this U.S. Supreme Court wouldn't uphold that, in my opinion. It's called the First Amendment, free speech rights. I still think we have it in this country, at least for a little while longer. Uh, so if you look back at the last election. First of all, the amount of voter fraud and irregularity and anomaly is overwhelming. Anytime a media outlet says, there's no evidence whatsoever of that, just turn it off. Just shut it down because that's a lie. Not, no reasonable person would say that actually. If you were a liberal, thank God neither one of us are, You'd at least say, well, of course, there was some voter fraud. There's voter fraud in every election. It's going to exist. But it never reached the level of being able to change the outcome. That would that would be a that that's a, a reasonable piece of disinformation. But the idea that, no, there's no irregularity, there's no fraud whatsoever in every state. Then why is the secretary of state in New Mexico going to court to stop a recount? Why, why is the speaker in Wisconsin moving to stop? What is it they fear? They fear truth. 
you can't say today that the election was stolen. You also can't say that it wasn't stolen. What you can say is no legislative body, no judicial body, no regulatory body at the state or federal level has been able to examine the evidence and make a judgment. That's all you can say. Uh, and to me, that is a great tragedy. How do we fix it? Here's a pretty radical plan. We elect a wedge of Republicans in the House and the Senate in the next election. So if the Republicans take majority of the House, you elect, elect a subset of people like, oh, Laura Loomer in Florida, my friend C.R. Majewski in Ohio, uh, uh, Mike Crispy in New Jersey. They make it clear to Kevin McCarthy they will not vote for him for speaker. In fact, they will abstain on every question before the House until they make Donald Trump speaker. They will bring the House to a standstill. There'll be a majority for nothing. Uh, once Trump became speaker, uh, I am convinced it's only a matter of time. Shortly after the election, Biden's own people will remove him under the 25th Amendment. The man can no longer control his bowels. He's non-compassmentous. He's not capable of doing this job. His speeches literally are the ravings of a madman. They will remove him because they understand that he is politically uh, costly to them at this point. That leaves Kamala Harris as your president. She would then have to be impeached. People say to me, really? Well, what for what crime? Good God, we could spend the whole rest of the show talking about her crimes. How about the, how about the pushing of a, how about denying the effectiveness of ivermectin and pushing a vaccination, which enhances the chances of you will get the vaccination and die. I would say that's pretty good grounds. But this is politics. The grounds are whatever 67 senators say they are. And then assuming you had a national strike, assuming that gas prices are $20 a, a, a gallon, uh, that, the, uh, that we're getting the crap kicked out of us around the world in terms of our, of our foreign policy, the votes can be gotten. If the votes can be gotten to impeach Richard Nixon, trust me, the votes can be gotten to, uh, to uh, impeach that cackling hyena, uh, in which case Donald Trump would become president before the 2024 election. Uh, I call this the Stone Plan. Uh, I unveiled it in a speech in San Diego uh, this past weekend. It was extremely well received. Uh, I fleshed it out in detail in the Gateway Pundit yesterday. Let me be very clear to the demented leftists who may be watching. It's legal, it's constitutional, and it's entirely possible. No, it's not sedition, and it's not uh, uh, treasonous, uh, and it's not illegal. It's, it's how our democratic system is supposed to work. Well, I think it's um, very, very funny how we have all these accusations from the left about January 6th being an insurrection after they spent four years trying to impeach a president based on a lie, which was Russian collusion, and, 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 and they used the intelligence community and other apparatuses to spy illegally on the president and unseat him. So it, it, it seems to me that the left continues to be more and more brazen in accusing the right of exactly what it is doing or has most recently done. Well, it is it is out of Alinsky's rule book. Always accuse the opposition of what you are doing. But uh, in 2016, Hillary Clinton herself and John Podesta 
demanded the right to make a presentation to the Electoral College to to stall the certification of John uh, of Donald Trump as president. The Washington Post last Sunday tried to minimize that, saying, no, it was only a small group of of, uh, Democratic congressmen did that. No, that's a lie. If they would just go to Google or maybe even DuckDuckGo or perhaps not now, um, you can find evidence of that quite easily. So, uh, no, these people are desperate to cling to power because they know that they themselves will be prosecuted. Uh, As you know, some people on the left maybe even a few Republicans like, say, oh, I don't know, Ted Cruz, uh, they call me a dirty trickster. Well, I don't, I don't embrace that. But if it's true, I can recognize the greatest single dirty trick in American political history. Uh, and that is the authorization and use of the full legal power of the United States government for the strictly political purpose of opening an investigation based on fabricated evidence, the Steele report, the crowd strikes report for the removal of a duly elected president. That's treason. There is no statute of limitations on treason. Mr. Mueller can be uh, tried for treason five years from now, 10 years from now, if he lives that long. Rod Rosenstein should be charged with treason. All uh, John Brennan should be tried with treason. Peter Strzok should be tried with treason. All it takes is the will. All it takes is a man or woman as your depart uh, as your secretary pardon me as your attorney general who has the courage to enforce the law if anyone who thinks the democrats would not do that they've already done worse as i just demonstrated why do you think it is that the intelligence community was so antagonistic toward president trump uh, because they are neocons because there there are not two parties in washington republican democrat Uh, is a Hegelian uh, uh, device that is designed to divide us. There are are a few good Republicans, uh, but basically we have one political establishment in Washington, and it's the incumbents who belong in it. It's one party. It's in truth one party. Uh, And Donald Trump came to Washington, and he threatened the status quo. War, like war in Afghanistan, war in Iraq, war is very profitable for the people who finance the politicians who get to decide whether it, we're at war or not. Uh, the uh, the uh, money-making aspects of the COVID-19 pandemic are extraordinary. These people don't understand that the jig is up, that nobody's buying their crap anymore, that ivermectin works had uh, Dr. Fauci approved ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19, his Fercocta uh, COVID-19 vaccination would have been unnecessary as well as illegal. Uh, his friends in Big, Par- Big Pharma would have not have reaped billions, billions that I'm convinced that he and his wife partake in. Uh, and Donald Trump, for example, was potentially a, an impediment to that particular scam. So uh, Trump is an outsider. Everything in Washington, D.C. now needs to be viewed through the prism of insider, outsider, not Republican, Democrat, because you have Republicans like Lindsey Graham, for example, uh, the ultimate rhino, Lady G, as he's called behind his back. Uh, I don't understand how those who say he can withstand a Republican primary in South Carolina when he comes up for reelection. I'll move there if I have to, but he has to go, has to go. 
uh, if he's foolhardy enough to run for re-election. Uh, you look like Republicans like him, like uh, Marco Rubio, uh, like Liz Cheney. These people are Republicans. You're going to have a sip of water every time you hear Marco Rubio's name. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I use that, <laughs> I use that joke myself quite a bit. Uh, here's to Marco. Here's to Marco. Not exactly a poker face. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've had it up to here with Marco Rubio. That's a visual joke. You get it? Um, short. Little Marco. <laughs> I didn't realize he was short. Did they put a box under the podium. Uh, they they would need to. The irony is, I just saw an extraordinary poll here in in Florida. He's imminently beatable. Republicans do not like him. He can no longer carry a monolithic Cuban American vote. By the way, the Cuban Americans are a tiny fraction of Republican primary voters in Florida. People who don't live here have the impression that that's a large voter group. It is not. Uh, he, he's imminently runnable, some beatable. Somebody needs to run against him. The filing is not until June. Uh, I really don't want to do this myself, but uh, I wouldn't rule it out because somebody has to challenge uh, this guy. And Why doesn't President Trump run against him? Well, I think there's too much risk there. Also, it would be a step down. You see, Trump sure. becomes a speaker. He doesn't, it's not required that he, he be elected in the public election to the body of the House. Any American can be chosen as speaker. One does not have to be a congressperson. Uh, whereas uh, a, a, another campaign for a lesser office, in all honesty, I think that would be below the president at this point. Sure. So I supported President Trump in 2016 and in 2020 uh, with some enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, should he run again in 2024, which I think everybody knows he's going to, despite the fact that he hasn't explicitly stated that yet, um, I'll support him again. Uh, but I didn't realize how competent he was until Biden became president. I didn't realize how bad, it, for, excuse my French, but how bad it, the job could be fucked up. Well, here's the thing about Trump. He is very much like. Ronald Reagan, who I worked for in three presidential campaigns. Uh, he's a big picture man. He's not a detail guy. The details are to be left to underlings, but he understands the big picture. For example, he supports law enforcement and he's opposed to defunding our police officers. He know he wants to cut taxes. He knows increases in taxes will only slow the economy. He, he knows that the government, pardon me, pisses away billions of dollars on nonsense and he's not for more spending. He would like to get some spending restraints. He knows that a strong military is a deterrent to trouble around the world, that, that a strong military is not provocative, but peace through strength. Uh, the, the policy of both the Eisenhower and Reagan administration, those are sound policies. Uh, where I don't think he has uh, been served well is some of his appointments. Anybody who spent five minutes reading about who Bill Barr was would never have made him attorney general. Mm -hmm. he, he, he should have been charged for trafficking cocaine through Mena, Arkansas, for the CIA back in the 80s, although I guess the statute of limitations is probably run on that particular crime. Uh, I would never have made him attorney general. The president reacted to a favorable uh, law review article he wrote in which uh, Barr was extremely critical of Mueller. Trump liked the story, said, get me this guy. Uh, somebody at the White House doesn't know how to use Wikipedia. It's just not that hard. You put in the name 
uh, on the search bar pops right up. You find the association with the Bushes. You don't make the appointment. The Bushes are not conservatives. They were never Republicans. They're crony capitalists. Uh, they believe in euthanasia. Uh, the, uh, pardon me, in uh, eugenics. Big supporters of abortion, cheerleaders for abortion. Um, Reagan's biggest single historical mistake was the selection of George Bush. Um, I have written in my book, The Bush Crime Family, that I believe the attempt on Reagan's life in the first year of his first term uh, has the Bushes written all over it. Uh, it's just wouldn't not be the first time the CIA was involved. No, it wouldn't be the first time that a sitting vice president tried to knock off a sitting president. I don't want to name any names. Lyndon Baines Johnson. So uh, it, it is, uh, you know, it is uh, it is his single greatest mistake. Notice in the 2016 election, every member of the Bush family endorsed Hillary Clinton for president, with the exception of George P. Bush, who'd like to have a career in politics. Uh, where is Bob Dole, who I worked for for two years as a legislative assistant, truly one of the greatest men of the 20th century, never belonged to the to the to the trilateral commission never belonged to the council on foreign relations these are not that's not the secret government but those are elitist societies in which everybody thinks alike and they do have as individuals uh, an extraordinary amount of influence on our policy he never belonged to either one of them he was a, a true son of the midwest never forgot where he was from uh, one of the greatest men I've ever had the opportunity to work for and to know. Uh, and uh, uh, beyond that, as you know, I had the high, cur the high honor of working for uh, three American presidents that I did admire, Richard Nixon, uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, and of course, Donald J. Trump. Uh, every one of these figures, to a great extent, was an outsider. Uh, and it goes back to what I said earlier. The division in Washington is not Republican, Democrat. It's insider, outsider. It's patriot, traitor. That's the real measure. So obviously, Nixon's a controversial figure. People have different views about him. Watergate's the big scandal that he's associated with. And it seems to me that Watergate is peanuts compared to the bullshit that we've been seeing recently well, with first, Towergate. I mean, <laughs> first of all, let's just go through Nixon's record for one moment. He reached sure. strategic arms limitation with the Soviets. He opened the door to China at a time that China had more oxen than it had cars. It was a backward, non-technical agrarian society at the time he recognized them. Nixon had no way to know if that 30 years later, the Bushes would give most favored nation status to the Chinese, and that's what allowed them to pull ahead of us uh, economically, or at least at parity, develop their own missiles and become a threat. He desegregated the public schools. Not, Rich, not John Kennedy, not Lyndon Johnson. The schools were desegregated under Richard Nixon. He gave us the war on cancer. He gave us federal revenue sharing. He ended the military draft. He gave us the 18-year-old vote. He ended the war in Vietnam. He unilaterally saved Israel from complete annihilation in the 1973 Yom Kippur War over the objections of Henry Kissinger, over the objections of his own uh, national security apparatus. Um, I could go on and on, but that's an extraordinarily successful presidency. 
all of that gets buried in the ashes of Watergate, which, as you correctly point out, is kind of small potatoes. What happened in Watergate was that a small band of private citizens who were extraordinarily misguided broke into the Democratic National Committee and planted bugs that never actually worked. So nobody was ever actually recorded and no intelligence was collected. There has never been any proof whatsoever that Nixon himself knew about or approved this. There is a demented leftist who claims to be a former federal prosecutor, but in fact, he's a drooling Democrat partisan named Nick Ackerman, a total piece of shit, uh, who can often be seen on CNN insisting Nixon approved everything. We could just never prove it. Well, that means you have no proof means you're a liar is what that means. Uh, But now compare that to Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They actually use illegitimately the full authority of the U.S. government uh, and the uh, capability of our intelligence agencies to spy on Trump, to uh, use fabricated evidence in the person or the or in the use of the Steele dossier and the phony CrowdStrikes memo. Uh, When I was tried uh, for fabricated crimes of lying to Congress about the Russian collusion that never happened, think about that for a moment. Uh, You you lied to cover up for Donald Trump. What exactly was it that I was covering up? The Russian collusion he was involved in? He wasn't involved in any Russian collusion. So there's no purpose in lying. Uh, When I went through that entire two-year ordeal, the judge in my case refused to give us uh, the text of the CrowdStrikes memo. So the first five pages of my indictment say, as a flat fact, the Russian intelligence hacked the Democratic National Committee, gave the information to WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks gave the information to Stone. There's no evidence that that actually happened, none whatsoever. In fact, the forensic evidence uh, based on download times and so on shows it didn't happen. Uh, and, and I wanted to produce, uh, you know, both forensic evidence and expert testimony would have proved that it never happened. That was, of course, denied because it knocked out uh, the underpinnings of the entire phony Russian collusion hoax. So there's obviously a lot of um, criticism going on right now because of the rate of inflation, which I believe is way higher than seven and a half percent. I think that's just a bullshit lie that it's that low. Um that being said, I, and I want to just tie this knot on, on Nixon real quick. A lot of people are critical of Nixon for, for drawing us off the gold standard. What are your thoughts on the state of our currency and, and Nixon's involvement? Was it really his fault that we came off the gold standard or was he doing a necessary thing because we overspent in prior administrations? What are your thoughts on Nixon's role? Uh, in that? I think that uh, t- taking us off the gold standard, closing the gold window is probably his single greatest mistake. You can blame former Texas governor and Secretary of the Treasury John Connolly for that. Connolly is the one who convinced Trump, uh, pardon me, uh, convinced Nixon to do it. It was designed to deal with inflation. It was a horrific mistake. Nixon's presidency is certainly not without its blemishes. Sure. Uh, That one, I would say, is number one. Now, others say, well, he started the war on drugs, and I've been a critic of the war on drugs. But The war on drugs changed over time. At the time Richard Nixon launched the war on drugs, it was aimed at drug traffickers uh, and and drug, uh, you know, and drug kingpins. It was never targeted at the end game user. It's it's uh, Joe Biden and Bill Clinton 
who put in place the harsh mandatory penalties for the first time nonviolent crime of possession of small amounts of drugs for personal use. So if you're an African-American single mother with three kids and you're working two jobs and you get caught with a small amount of grass in your purse, you should do 25 years? I don't think so. Thank you, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the author of that uh, a racist legislature, uh, legislation. Or if you're arrested with rock cocaine, the mandatory penalties under federal law are far more harsh and they are mandatory than if you are elected with powder cocaine. So the war on drugs cannot be blamed on Richard Nixon. The current state of the war on drugs should be blamed on uh, Joe Biden, a lifelong racist who was elected to the U.S. Senate in 1972 as an opponent of the desegregation of the Wilmington schools and Bill Clinton, um, who, by the way, when he was in governor, when he was governor of Arkansas, went all the way to the Supreme Court uh, to try to uh, uh, continue the Arkansas state police practice of racial profiling, arresting people for driving while black. That great civil rights advocate, Bill Clinton, who, who uh, believe me, blew the dog whistle whenever he needed to in Arkansas to get elected. So. The Democrats are hypocrites. They are the racists. We are the party of Lincoln. Donald Trump created more jobs for black people than any president in American history. And he's the first one to give us judicial, uh, to give us criminal justice reform. Our criminal justice laws are stacked unfairly against people of color. I just gave you an example. Mm -hmm. There are others. The prisons even today are clogged with African-Americans they're not violent. They're not violent criminals. They have no prior criminal record. They're there for the possession of small amounts of drugs. That should not ruin your life. You should be in a drug treatment program, not incarcerated for, you know, 10 to 25 years. So you mentioned incarceration. I've had Papadopoulos on this pop podcast. He was, of course, pardoned by Trump. Your sentence was commuted by Trump. Um, and and I, I was pardoned by Trump. The and pardoned by Trump. The left likes to leave that out of their narrative, by the way. I apologize. I didn't do that intentionally. Yeah, I, um, but I had to straighten that out. Sure, sure. And uh, Brandon Strzok has been on the podcast. He's, of course, the leader of the walk away movement. He, he has been through hell the past year because of his association with the events on January 6th. Yep. And it seems like it started under the Obama administration, specifically with holders. Uh, I believe it was holder that was uh, unfairly auditing only conservative groups and conservative individuals. And now it's gone full blown prosecutions being swatted, being harassed by the law. Is it ever going to end this political, this, this a judicial harassment of political opponents? Uh, I think the answer is no. Uh, unfortunately, I think the time is going to come in which the Democrats regret the precedents that they have set. Uh, as the Lord says in the Bible, quite clearly, I will repay. And he will repay. Vengeance is, is uh, reserved for the Lord. In Hebrews 10, 30 through 31, the Lord tells us that vengeance will be visited upon those who are unjust. So um, the time will come when they will regret uh, the precedence that they have set. Strangely enough, um, we Republicans, and I, I am a Republican because it's the best vehicle for change. I mean, I'm a Republican in the tradition of Lincoln and Goldwater and Reagan and Trump. I am not a Republican in the tradition of Mitt Romney or his father, 
George Romney, who stabbed Barry Goldwater in the back. Uh, but I, I do think still the Republican Party is the best vehicle for change. Uh, I'm an American first. Let me rephrase. I'm a Christian first. I'm an American second. I'm a conservative third. I'm a libertarian fourth. Uh, I'm a Republican fifth. Uh, I view it as a realistic vehicle for change. We do have a two-party system. Those who say we need a new party don't understand the current legal structural impediments from actually doing that. If you have a half billion dollars, you'd like to start a new party, contact me immediately. I'll tell you how to do it. Ross Perot almost did it because he was fabulously wealthy. Um, There is definitely a political realignment in our nation. There are no working class Democrats still working voting Democratic. There are very few white Catholics still voting Democratic. The Democratic Party has been a cobbled together uh, group of interest grades, uh, labor leaders, but not necessarily the rank and file. The LGBTQTRS community, whatever they are this week, uh, the uh, the minorities. Uh, but that's the leadership of the minorities. Republicans now getting almost a third of the African-American vote. Without a pandemic, I think we might have gotten half. Uh, the uh, kind of left intellectuals. But the most amazing thing about their coalition is that almost every billionaire in the country, those who have made their money through the free enterprise system, would like to end the free enterprise system for you. They have their money. Bill Gates doesn't think you should get yours. Uh, but the Democratic Party has nothing to run on other than fear. Nothing to run on other than the phony January 6th issue. Who opened those uh, massive doors of the Capitol from the inside? Who would that be? Why won't Nancy Pelosi turn over the video and the emails pertaining to this, uh, saying she's a law unto herself? Um, Why do we know of at least two women murdered in cold blood, neither of whom were armed, neither of whom posed any danger to anyone, neither one who were warned before they were shot. The people who killed them have to be prosecuted for first degree murder. Today, they're deified and held up as heroes. See if that lasts forever. Obviously, uh, the Biden administration has been deeply associated with corruption in Ukraine. We know that the evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop is overwhelming. Anyone who has an hour and a half to just poke around on the Internet can figure out that it's pretty damning what was going on, especially with Burisma. Um, What do you think is really going on between the United States, Russia and Ukraine right now? Uh, I think that the current war is entirely avoidable. The narrative of the Biden administration that that uh, that Vladimir Putin wants to occupy the entire country, set up a puppet government for the purpose of restoring the faded glory of the once great Soviet Union is nonsensical. It's not even economically viable. Russia has severe economic problems. They can't afford to subsidize a neighboring government. Uh, He's been crystal clear in his comments over the last several years. He does not want Ukraine in violation of the agreements that we have already signed to be used as a launching pad for missiles, Western missiles. We have put dual purpose launch pads there for the purpose of aiming missiles at Russia. 
He does not want uh, bio labs cooking up no, who knows what to unleash on his country. Impossible, you say. Wuhan, I answer. Uh, the labs do exist. The Biden administration has no credibility when they say they don't exist. Extraordinary piece in the Military Times recently that I think documented this beyond any question. So Putin is tired of us encroaching on his borders. We have broken every agreement we've signed with him since the days of Gorbachev. He has warned us again and again, uh, and now he is moving to protect himself. Uh, I'm going to have to cancel my subscription to the New York Post, which overnight has become a drumbeater for war propaganda. Uh, Half the people who are murdered that you read about aren't even dead. The videos they talk about are contrived. Uh, It's almost like William Randolph Hearst has come alive uh, and is running the New York Post. It's completely dishonest. Uh, And it's unfortunately because I really did think that the New York Post was kind of like the last honest newspaper. Not that it is right of center in its coverage or even its editorial point of view, but it is at least populist. And at least least use the measure of common sense in its coverage and its editorial point of view. Now it has just become uh, a drumbeater for uh, for a war that I think is uh, avoidable. Uh, I think the situation is very much like 1962 when the Russians put uh, missiles in Cuba 90 miles off of our shore. President Kennedy objected the way that Vladimir Putin is objected. Kennedy agreed not to invade Cuba. And we agreed to remove some of our missiles from Turkey and Italy, changing the balance of power in the European theater. Uh, Khrushchev agreed to remove his missiles, although whether they were ever really removed is a legitimate legal and historical question, since the uh, agreement ultimately reached had no on-site inspections as part of it. But World War III was averted through diplomacy. Uh, First of all, I doubt that the Russians would ever have attacked Ukraine had Trump been president. As president, Trump armed the Ukrainians to the teeth so they could defend themselves, whereas Barack Obama sent them bandages uh, and blankets. So the idea that that Trump was somehow in the thrall of Putin or that the Russians had a disproportionate amount of influence in the Trump administration is absurd. Nobody was tougher on the Russians, either in terms of economic sanctions or in terms of Ukraine uh, than Donald Trump. What's really interesting to me is, you know, I don't think of President Biden as any sort of genius by any means, but now, there's an understatement. <laughs> but it seems to me even too dumb for Biden to have um, stifled the Keystone Pipeline, knowing that there was a serious risk of a pending disruption in foreign oil. Uh, supply, given the the climate between Ukraine and Russia. I'm sure that the intelligence community was making the president abundantly aware of, of what was going on, what potential best case scenario, worst case scenario outcomes you know, would be. Why is it that you know, in the face of such risk in Ukraine, the president of the United States would make the decision to cut off the, de- the further development of the Keystone Pipeline in the name of climate? Because I just don't buy that it's a climate issue. They all have beach houses. None of them actually believe the ocean's going to rise. So what's going on? 
Well, first of all, let's be candid. Joe Biden is not even deciding what he's going to have for lunch. He's making no decisions whatsoever. He has to be reminded to take his KO pectate, you know, after he eats. Uh, I, I don't think the man is well, both physically uh, or from a mental point of view. I actually feel sorry for him. I think he's being exploited by others. Uh, but I don't think he's making any decisions whatsoever. Uh, I think these decisions are willful. It's not like, oh, we made the mistake of closing the pipeline. We didn't really understand the implication. They know precisely uh, what the implications are. We're moving towards the new world order. Those in, ter- in current control of the Democratic Party do not believe in American exceptionalism, do not believe that the dollar should be the measure of all uh, economic transactions in the country, uh, do not believe this is the greatest country on earth. Uh, our, our colleges are our breeding ground, passing the proposition that socialism is superior to capitalism, despite the fact that it has never worked any place in the face of the earth in the history of man. So these are willful decisions. Uh, They are, in fact, these are treasonous decisions. Uh, And I'm not sure people understood the inherent danger in the election of Joe Biden. Uh, In 1960, we had two parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. They were both patriotic. John Kennedy was a war hero. He was an adamant, ardent anti-communist. The liberal wing of the Democratic Party, Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, 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 Harry Truman, uh, Chester Bowles, they didn't like Donald. They didn't like uh, John Kennedy. They didn't trust him because he was an ardent patriot and anti-communist and a cold warrior who had a skeptical view of communism, to say the least. He favored a massive uh, defense buildup, which Eisenhower, the Republican predecessor, was actually opposed to. So the difference between the parties was not that great. Uh, The Democratic Party continued to drag its feet on civil rights. The idea that it's a civil rights party. John Kennedy voted against the 1958 Civil Rights Act, in essence, voting to send it to a committee headed by Senator Sam Irvin, where it would die. True liberals voted to send the Civil Rights Act to the full floor of the Senate, where ultimately Vice President Richard Nixon rounded up the votes to make it law and could not have done so without working closely with Dr. Martin Luther King. So, but the party of of Kennedy, the party of Harry Truman, even the party of Franklin Roosevelt, the party that that was a patriotic patriotic party, where the parties just had differing government philosophies. The Republicans wanted to tax less and spend less. They also wanted our defense spending to be more prudent. The Democrats wanted to tax more Uh, wanted to spend more, gave great lip service to civil rights, but never actually did anything about it um, until Lyndon Johnson became president. Johnson, who spent three years telling Kennedy, Jack, don't do nothing for the for the for the blacks. Uh, The Senate bulls will kill your entire program, waiting until he could do so after the death of uh, of John Kennedy and giving Johnson the license he needed on the left to expand the Vietnam War. A lot of it had to do with that. I'm sure you're familiar with Johnson's famous comment when he said, I'll have those N-words voting Democratic for 100 years. Boy, there's a true civil rights advocate for you. Um, so he really said that. Oh, I, there's no question that he said it. It's recorded in the uh, 
uh, in the oral histories of several his, of his aides, including George Reedy, his press secretary. He said a lot worse, believe me. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, is a New York Times bestseller. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it if you want a signed copy on StoneColdTruth.com in the shop. Uh, I highly recommend it as a, an important part of uh, America. This is the one that I read. Oh, well, that's not a, that's the second greatest book ever written after the Bible. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's up there with Machiavelli's The Prince and Sun Tzu's The Art of War. I love it. Brown is the color of shit. I never wear brown because I read this book. <laughs> yeah, you never want to wear a brown suit. It does not connote authority, to say the least. No, that book, Stone's Rules, um, the great thing about it is you don't have to be a conservative or a Republican or a libertarian to appreciate it. It doesn't really matter what your avocation is, whether you're in high tech, whether you're in agriculture, uh, whether you run a chain of car washes, uh, whether you're an academic uh, it doesn't matter what your avocation is. I think the lessons in that book would be useful for your life. It's kind of the things I've learned in 40 years in the arena. So let me ask you this. Obviously, you have a checkered reputation. You're sort of like a love-hate feedback, depending on who you talk to. And um, you're infamous, and it's better to be infamous than not famous at all, of course. But I want to ask you, having all the experiences that you've had, especially in the most recent years, do you believe to this day that the end justifies the means? It's a very difficult question. I would go to Winston Churchill, who said to someone, you have enemies? Good, that means you must have accomplished something. Sure. Uh, the, the, those who have no enemies, those who are broadly beloved, those are the people who never actually did anything or got anything done. To make omelets, one has to break eggs. It's kind of part of it. I do draw the line when it comes to illegality. So, no, I don't think the ends justify the means if it includes breaking the law. Now, the Democrats would say that I broke the law. That is false. Uh, my book, uh, uh, which is entitled MAGA Martyr, subtitle Roger Stone Did Nothing Wrong, will be out this August. Uh, it's a cautionary tale for anyone who believes that the Constitution and your constitutional rights are intact. In the, in the blink of an eye, you can lose your ability to speak, your ability to travel, your ability to make a living, your ability of free association to meet any and talk with anybody you want. These things can disappear before your very eyes at the hands of a all-powerful corrupt federal judge and a uh, politically biased and motivated justice department. So I'm looking forward, since I was gagged for 18 months and could never tell people my side of the story, uh, many, many people saw the uh, the stunning uh, 6 a.m. raid on my home uh, on CNN. Uh, if that doesn't put uh, if that doesn't give you chills, I don't know what will, because that could be you. By the way, I was charged with the first time nonviolent crime of lying to Congress. I'm not a flight risk. I don't own a firearm, even though I support the Second Amendment strongly. Uh, I, uh, I did not have a valid passport. I am, I would say, universally recognizable, unlikely that I was going to uh, uh, flee. Um, they did pull two boats up to the canal behind my house. Clearly, they didn't know that I don't even know how to swim. So uh, it is a, it's a typical abuse of power. It's the use of, of, of power to intimidate. 
By the way, I'm half Sicilian. I was not intimidated. So let me ask you this. You said that, um, you know, show me somebody with, without enemies and I'll show you someone who hasn't accomplished anything. Who would you say your arch nemesis, Roger Stone enemy number one is? If you're comfortable uh, saying, you don't have to. That's very, I dislike so many people. That's very, very difficult. <laughs> Uh, By the way, if you come to Texas, I'll gift you a gun because you can do it here legally. No problem. I would probably need one. It's an open, it's an open carry state. Florida should be an open carry state. Unfortunately, the Republicans that had, who had our legislature don't have the courage to do that this legislative session. Uh, Governor DeSantis, to his credit, has said that he'd sign it into law if the legislature will pass it. Um, I think it will die in committee because of a political hack named Wilton Simpson, who looks like he's a cartoon character right out of the Simpsons, actually. But anytime a state legislature's net worth goes from three million to 12 million in two years, you got to wonder. You really got to wonder. Uh, you know, I, I'm not I don't have an enemies list like uh, Richard Nixon. Um, there's a guy named Roger Sollenberger at uh, the Daily Beast. They don't even hide who they are. The Daily Beast, six, six, six. <laughs> kind of obvious. This guy, this guy's a scumbag. Uh, he has a story out of me today. He's broken a new record. He cites the Washington Post as his source for, source for everything. Virtually everything in this story is categorically false. Uh, there's a punk named Zachary Patrizzo. Now I'm half Italian. No Italian names his child Zachary. None whatsoever. Um, but these people are like, uh, they're a minor irritant. They're like dog crap that you step in inadvertently and you can't get it off your shoe, you know. Uh, I hardly lay awake worrying about what they're doing. Adam Schiff comes to mind as a bug-eyed freak and criminal. This is a guy who can't even keep his lies straight. Let's be clear. He said that he had seen more than circumstantial evidence of Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. Well, Adam we're waiting for it. When are you going to spit it up? When are you going to produce it? You'll produce nothing uh, 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 of any consequence. Then there's somebody named Chase Springer. He's a piece of crap, too. I thought you were going to say my name. <laughs> uh, no, he's, he is actually some dumbass who's popped you up. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, obscenities in his, uh, in his comments. Hey, Chase. Nice to see you, too. Um, anyway, continue. Well, I know that um, there was a recent uh, Washington Post article about you regarding January 6th. What are your thoughts on that? There's a mother of all article, four full pages uh, full of disinformation, full of supposition, conjecture. Here's how it works. Roger Stone knows Donald Trump and he's spoken to him. Roger Stone knows Enrique Tario, the head of the Proud Boys. The more I read his indictment, the dumber I seem to think he is, unfortunately. But that proves nothing. I mean, Ari Melber at, at MSNBC had a full show on this. Well, Ari, you work with Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer raped women anally. Does that mean that you rape women anally? Because you're associates. So I assume you planned it together and spoke together because that's just a reasonable supposition is the crap that you try to lay on me. Look closely at Ari Melbury. He has the dark, dead eyes of a pedophile. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you. 
I'm going to remain optimistic about the future of our country, despite all the challenges that we face. And I think that is, um, as long as we don't give up, as long as America lives within the heart of one American, it stands a chance to live in the world. Well, I, as you know, I'm still facing six uh, baseless uh, harassment civil suits, uh, none of them having any merit, but all of whom which need to be defended. People can go to stonedefensefund.com, stonedefensefund.com. Hey, Chase Springer, I won't be looking for your check, you miscreant. Uh, but other patriots who do want to help me out, my wife has just had a great miracle in her life. She is now uh, diagnosed with aggressive stage four cancer several months ago, now in complete remission. Shocking to the doctors, a true act of God, uh, proof of the healing power of Jesus Christ. Uh, so when you look at everything else I have been through, uh, it all pales in comparison to that. That's that's the single good news in my life. Uh, I appreciate being with you. If you want to keep up with what I'm saying and doing, go to StoneColdTruth.com. Uh, I have the speech that I gave in San Diego is up there uh, where I lay out a plan to restore uh, uh, Trump to the White House before 2024 and do so in an, an entirely constitutional and legal way. Thank you so much. Let's stay in touch. If there's ever anything you need, let me know and I'll be there for you. Delighted to be on the show. Let's do it again. Yes, sir.